Welcome to today's show of Substances. Today, we are speaking to Celeste Stassen about the importance of language. She speaks to us about the historical roots of one South African language, Afrikaans, her native tongue. She not only breaks down the stereotypes of the language's history, but also talks about some of the misconceptions of South Africa on a broader level. We hope you enjoy the show and hope to hear from you in the comments afterwards. with us on Substances. Uh, thank you for your time um, and for participating with us. Uh, we can just start with you introducing yourself to us, um, where you come from, what have you studied, and things like that. Okay, so I am Celeste. I am from a town called Durbanville, which is about half an hour from Cape Town in South Africa. I studied in Languages and Cultures, a BA in then. And um, I'm currently studying international relations and diplomacy. So coming from South Africa, which is a very diverse land, um, we can just start with the main theme, which is basically what is or how is the history of colonialism still plays a role today? So it still plays quite a big role. The problem is that a lot of our institutions that are in place came to being because of an oppressive colonial system and um, not not saying justifying it at all and um, a lot of people are still oppressed by the colonial structures. We have a lot of movements such as Fees Must Fall and after that we had um, in colonialism where a lot of people are protesting to break down all these colonial views, a lot of western centric views, people thinking that colonialism can be justified where it definitely can't. It still plays a large role, and I think colonialism also has an influence on the racism in South Africa, to a large extent. How do you think they can change the institutions while maybe still having the institution itself, but changing it so the colonialism doesn't play as large of a role? Is, do you think that's a possibility? I think so. I think um, by changing the way that we maybe look at certain subjects, um, bringing African ways of thinking into the subjects as well because just by saying that everything came from the west and was so fantastic in the west and I'm, i know it sounds like i'm orientalizing now but i'm not but saying that there's a lot of great things that came to power in africa and universities in kenya and like libraries and stuff giving acknowledgement of those credit words do exactly yeah okay yeah, I think that is that is definitely an opportunity. Not just the whole time building up Europe and building up colonial powers, but actually, yes, giving credit where credit is due. So our objective here on Substances is to really break down stereotypes and give voices to topics that often go uncovered or undiscovered. So can you talk to us about the Afrikaans language in South Africa? So is that the official language of South Africa? Uh, where is it derived from? Why does it have a negative connotation? And do you think this language will continue or is it on its way out? Okay, so basically Afrikaans is one of our official languages. It is not the official language. We have 11 official languages. So it is one of 11. 
Um, Do you um, speak all of them? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. I only speak Afrikaans and English, okay. South African languages, but I also speak a bit of Dutch. Okay. And um, in terms of where Afrikaans comes from, Afrikaans is considered a Creole, so it's basically a mixture of Dutch, French, German, mm-hmm. even some Malayan influence. The first written account of Afrikaans was actually an Arabic lettering, which is very different if you think about a lot of people's perception of Afrikaans being this Dutch colonizing language, where it was actually in the language spoken by slaves, and um, it had its birthplace in the kitchens. So it was basically the language that the slaves used to communicate to their slave owners and the colonizers. Was this the first language you spoke, or did you learn English first or alongside each other? So this is my mother language, my mother tongue, and it's the first language that I learned. Then after that, English, basically at the same time, because a lot of the TV is in English. And Oh yes, my parents spoke Afrikaans to me at home, and I still speak Afrikaans to them. Um, But a lot of my friends were English-speaking, and it's easier. Is school in Afrikaans or is it in English? Both. Both. It depends on what what part of the country you're from. So basically, the Western Cape, which is my region, we have schools that are Afrikaans, English, Hausa. And usually in the state government schools, you have to have all three. Um, It's also a bit of a controversial topic at the moment because theoretically, you are supposed to be able to receive tuition in your own mother tongue, but that doesn't always occur. And... um, for example, the university where I was, Stellenbosch, and a lot of the times people think it's an Afrikaans university. There's no such thing. It is supposed to be double medium, and classes are supposed to be in Afrikaans and in English. That doesn't always happen. And there is translation services, but they are still trying to improve. Okay. So then the government, does it operate with the three like languages, or does it operate with all 11, or how does that... Like what is like the primary like governmental language? So, for yes. example, in one of our like government sittings, um, they will mostly speak English, okay. and sometimes like in Parliament they will switch over to one of the other eleven. But then there's usually translation services okay. that will interpret what is actually going on. Okay. Would you say an average South African could speak all eleven languages? Have you met anyone that could? I have. Mm-hmm. I have met people that can, um, but they are very few. Yeah. <laughs> um, are they very different from each other? or Some of them are closely related, some of them are completely different. Like, so in Afrikaans, for example, we have different dialects. Mm-hmm. So where I'm from isn't the only part in the country where they speak it. So for example, my mom is from the north. They speak, I don't want to say standard Afrikaans, because there's a lot of controversy surrounding that name, kind of, that yeah. title, because there's no such thing. But um, the southern part where I'm from, they speak another dialect called Gops because Cape Town and Afrikaans is gops up and, um, and that is a completely different dialect. It's absolutely beautiful and um, it's very similar. Like I can understand gops, but it's, it's very different. It's almost like Swedish and German. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's still German, but... Um, very different sound. Yes, very different sound and um, very regional, but it's beautiful. If you meet someone randomly from South Africa, what is the language you use to introduce yourself to each other? Usually I speak English. English. Um, If I can pick up that the person has an Afrikaans accent, then Mm -hmm. I will switch over. For example, yesterday I I heard a girl speaking 
English to someone else and I immediately knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm sorry, where are you from? And she said, no, I'm from South Africa. And, and then when she said that, I knew she was Afrikaans and I started speaking Afrikaans to her. But at the same time, I have friends from Durban. Not that not everyone can speak Afrikaans in Durban, but that girl, she really can't speak Afrikaans. Mm -hmm. So it really depends. But most of the time, it's easier to speak English. Do you have one national anthem or do you have multiple? I'm, I'm just so curious how so that works. Our national anthem is actually a mixture of three languages. <laughs> okay, not three languages, three parts. And um, the first part is actually a prayer. So it says, God bless Africa, Africa. And then the second part is um, Afrikaans. And then the third part is English. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Super crazy. It's like reflective of the history too. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. Yeah. They're incredible. Well, I think one positive part about such um, diversity in the languages is that they're, they're it's very inclusive. For example, the national anthem is like in as much languages as possible, so that everyone can participate in it, and that it wouldn't be discriminatory against any group or group that cannot speak one of the languages. I can't speak on behalf of every single South African citizen, but I do agree that I like the fact that it has numerous languages. But language has been used in the past as a form of exclusion in our country. Um, and that is also why Afrikaans specifically has been found upon in history. And people a lot of the times associate it with the apartheid regime. And um, they think it's the language of white people, which is a misconception because the largest amount of speakers on, uh, who speak Afrikaans aren't even white. So I think any language can be misused. It just depends on who's using it and why you're using it. Do you see, just based on your lifetime, has one language out of all of these become more dominant? Do you, I, I know it's difficult because how would you know if you don't speak the other languages? But I mean, in your experience, have you seen more, I don't know, English signs or more African like books or what's your experience with them? Um, I'd say that a lot of people still think Afrikaans is predominant. I am prejudiced and privileged in that sense that I don't notice it that much because I am an Afrikaans speaker. And I am a white Afrikaans speaker, which gives me an unfair advantage. So sometimes I am blind and I need to still unlearn certain things that I have just taken for granted. So even though I wouldn't want to say that some parts are still predominantly Afrikaans, chances are if you walk around in the Western Cape and speak Afrikaans, then someone's going to understand you. Um, but yes, English has risen exceptionally like at an exponential rate, um, especially if you look back in our past, um, where Afrikaans was the, like definitely the language spoken by, by our apartheid regime. And it was, I don't want to say the language, but it was the predominant language. And um, where English was seen as this rival, rival thing towards the government and this like other side. And um, where a lot of people refused to speak Afrikaans because they didn't want that negative connection, um, which is still sad because it's just a language um, where they associate a certain political system with a language. But I think people have started to speak more English for other reasons, for international reasons. A lot of people um, decide to put their children in English schools 
because I think it will help them get ahead in life. But do you think that will influence um, die, the dying out of languages if English dominates that much? Or is it already a problem? I think it is starting to become a problem, but I honestly hope that it will not be. Language is a big, big, big debate in the country at the moment, and especially in our universities. And um, a lot of people fear that doing away with Afrikaans at universities will let it die, but I don't think it will. I, I think so many languages have gone, have undergone changes, and um, I don't think it will die. I don't, I don't want to believe it will. How did this debate about languages start? Like a specific event or a problem? Um, I think people just started to... It's a good question because I'm not entirely sure. But I think people started to realize inequality. And because of inequality, people sometimes associate languages with oppressive systems. And I think as a result to counter the oppressive systems from the past, a lot of times people blame Afrikaans, the language, where they need to separate the political oppressive system from the language. But at the same time, that language should not be used to exclude people. Um, I'm not saying that it, do it is not used sometimes, because sometimes it is. Um, I think just people were, were tired of unfair treatment. So uh, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how it started. Um, but yes, I think people were just vocalizing their, their feelings. But is it universally knowing the historical roots that it was it came from the kitchen and it came from slaves at the time? Or is that something that is like now becoming known? The thing is, it, it is known, okay. but not a lot of people know it. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you really care about languages, then you will know. Mm -hmm. I only found uh, most of the history of Afrikaans yeah. in my first year of studies. Okay. And um, that is pretty sad because I didn't, firstly, I didn't put in the effort. And I always, I love languages. So for me, that not knowing that was actually really sad on my behalf because I didn't put in the effort. And if someone like me who loves languages didn't even know that, then how can the common person on the street know? I have a really good friend who studied with me and um, she started a video series called The Underground, which um, means the other side, where she basically um, documented the history, not the history of Afrikaans, but the role that it plays in our environment today. I can send you guys the link for it. Um, her name is Mercy and uh, she really did a good job. She interviewed a lot of people and speaking to them, seeing how they experience it, especially um, the colored community in South Africa, how they experience being Afrikaans and having that identity. Um, yes. Do, do political parties take advantage of this debate on languages? Definitely, I think so. Um, yes, to a large extent. Some people fight for it because they really believe in it, mm -hmm. and some people do take advantage of it, I would say so. Just for the sake of their own political interests. I, I think so. I think sometimes that does happen in any political system anywhere around the world. People will take advantage of people and their things that they believe in, be it language, be it religion, um, to better their, better their stance in the community. Um, so yes, I think some people really believe in the language and that there should be 
a separation between language and the prison system. But I think there are some people who do link the two to use it for their own political gain. That'll always be the case. On a personal note, how many generations have your family has been speaking Afrikaans and can you kind of like go back into that, I guess, a little bit? Um, so my mom is from the northern part of the country and um, her family has predominantly been farmers and um, I can trace that back to being like of the Boer community, which Boer is Boer, so it means farmer. And um, even in the like Anglo-Boer war, my mom's family were in concentration camps and so that they have been like Afrikaans generations. My father's side, um, not my grandfather, my great-great-grandfather was German. So my grandfather still spoke German, but not that much. So mixture of German and Afrikaans on his side. Okay, well on another personal level, what are some of the stereotypes that you face as questions or comments that uh, when you're abroad as a South African? Oh, I love this. Um, (laughs) I have been asked numerous times, why are you white? Mm -hmm. And in the same sentence, people will say, oh, South Africa, Mandela. And then in the same sentence, why are you white? And then I think to myself, but how can you ask me why are you white but you know Mandela and you know the struggle that that so many people went through to fight the white oppressive system how do you know who Mandela is but you don't know white people are in South Africa so that that is something that has always blown my mind and um, yeah I think a lot of people think that post-apartheid South Africa is very kumbaya there's no more racism everything's perfect it's not, I love my country and I love the people in it, but we still struggle with racism. We really do. And um, it is something that I hope we will find a solution to in the near future. So do you try to explain it explain to them or do you just sometimes? Sometimes I try to explain, depending on the language barrier. Okay. Um, because my German is not that good. Mm-hmm. And um, it's usually been people like in the taxi asking me and then like, oh, well, do I really want to pick the fight today? <laughs> so um, sometimes I try. People have asked me the strangest questions, like horribly racist remarks, like, oh, do people who spend, who are black spend more time in the sun? And I'm like, no, no, that's not how it works. And um, I just can't believe that people in 2017 can still be that racist and can ask such stupid questions. Ignorant questions, yeah. yeah, it's just a lack of knowledge, I think, at some point. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So when someone asks me something like that, then I definitely try to clear like, mm-hmm. clear it up. and Educate um, them. Yes, huh? because we all need to learn and unlearn a lot of things. Well, these are some of the questions you don't like to be asked. Are there any questions you'd like to be asked as a South African? Um, Coming um, from someone who's from Iraq, like I understand. Um, exactly, I don't like it, what you mean. Um, I like questions like today. I like it when people ask me about my language because even people in my country don't know a lot about my language. And um, I always like it if, if people ask about things that are not just related to safaris, and, <laughs> which a lot of people think like, oh, yeah, South Africa safari. Yes, we have great safaris and we should definitely go, but we're more than just safaris and soccer World Cup. Um, yeah, 
Which are both cool. But yes, both, both are great and they've been great for our country, but um, we are so much more. Yeah. What, what would you want everyone to know about South Africa? Your favorite thing, something mm -hmm. remarkable, which we all wouldn't know because we know so little about South Africa. I love our food. I really, really miss our food. And that's such a cliche, but uh, like traditional Afrikaans home-cooked meal. I miss, we, we really like, if my dad makes a traditional Sunday meal, it would be like a big roast or like chicken pie and like roasted potatoes. And, um, I miss I miss our traditional food and we're big on desserts. <laughs> we have this thing called Malkdad. It's great. It's basically almost like, you know, Portuguese um, milk toads. It's, it's like a big one of that okay. with cinnamon. And um, we have so many, I can keep on using them. And then um, our nature, other than the safari element, like um, the safari element is great and I'm very thankful for it, but we have the most beautiful coastlines. Like if you can just take a trip up the Eastern Cape, like the, it's it's gorgeous. And um, we have so, many, so, so much diversity in the country, not just in terms of people, like we have deserts, we have like, areas that are equivalent to rainforests. Um, we have vineyards, so I think our nature is absolutely amazing. Having a biodiversity like that, it's and that's crazy. yeah, usually something that often goes overlooked. You have that one Instagram shot yes. of South Africa, you know, it's Cape Town, Cape Town. yeah, Cape uh, yeah, which is beautiful in and of itself, and yeah. definitely gets enough people to go there. There's a lot of hidden gems. Yeah. I have a question about music. So, because you mentioned before, like Afrikaans came from the kitchen, did it also really, did it have any religious background too? I'm speaking personally from um, my own country's history. Like, jazz stems from also slavery and also religious roots. I was wondering if that also was the same in South Africa. Religion in South Africa is a complete different topic. And, um, the Afrikaans church originally originated from the Dutch Reformed Church and within that we've had a few splits um, and that can keep you guys for another hour. Um, <laughs> we've had reunification and we're still working on it and it's, it's good. We have had the Dutch, Dutch Reformed Church which is called the Ingekaak and then we had the Fiegekaak which was like the one was for the white community and the other one was for the colored Afrikaans community. And um, when I say the term colored, it is not a racist term, it is an acknowledged group of people. I just want to clear that out. So within these churches, you had actually the same hymns to a large extent being sung. It was just because of what they couldn't, they weren't allowed to be in the same church. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't say, I think Afrikaans music is experiencing a revival. Um, where in the past it was uh, such a variety, like it started, I, I grew up listening to Lyrica Rauch, which had mixtures of Jacques Brel's influence, and it's, it's such a diverse, we have so much diversity within the Afrikaans language that it's difficult. We have um, colored rappers today, like Yemobiasim, um, which translates to Heaven Broom, um, but it actually means someone who's really tall, as a Yemelbism. Um So it's a metaphor. Yes, it's a metaphor. And um, he, for example, is 
this Afrikaans rapper rapping in gobs. Um, so you have such a diverse Afrikaans music genre. You a lot of times people think Afrikaans music and then they think ooh, soki, which is traditional farm country music, mm-hmm. which is not the only thing that it's limited to because you have Afrikaans rap and you have Afrikaans rock. Um, it's it's in, it's on its own journey. Right on. <laughs> Do you think that music right now is playing a good role in breaking down some barriers between the groups? Or? I honestly hope so. I think so because um, the youth, the Afrikaans youth, and not just limited to Afrikaans youth, um, I hope, is definitely listening to a broad spectrum from our Afrikaans rock legends like Karim Zawaid or Francois Mkank. And um, then you have Himmelbesom on the other side, who's this rapper. Or you have Emo Adams, who's also like contemporary Afrikaans rap. And it's a mixture. So yes, I, I honestly think so. What are other ways you think society is combating the colonialism that has played a role? Like, What are ways that society and citizens are breaking down the barriers that have been in place and creating a new future? I'd say that the protests happening at universities are a good place for people to get involved. I don't think we're doing enough yet. Um, And I don't think you can ever really do enough as long as you do try. And I think the biggest thing is people to, that people should put in an effort to learn and also acknowledge that you sometimes need to unlearn things. And it's okay to acknowledge that you didn't know if you did something wrong just learn from it. I think that is the biggest thing that people need to be, to use the, the colloquial term, but woke. Mm-hmm. Um, and to learn that it's okay, we need to acknowledge what happened, don't make the same mistake again. That is the biggest thing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. It's the last, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. How do you say thank you in Afrikaans? Donkey. Donkey. Bye, donkey. Bye, donkey. Thank you for tuning in today. Celeste enlightened us about the importance of language, the vibrancy of South Africa, and its diversity. We hope today inspired you future travels. For more information, check out our article, 13 Facts That You Didn't Know About South Africa, on the Discover section of our website, www.sub-stances.com.